wants to jump. 1,000 cars. Sir, you have a 1,000 cars. I don't think I'd attempt to try this stunt. Or we, we owe this horsepower to Uncle Sam. <laughs> Too many cars. Car. You know, roses would be... Uh... Like, I put my beer belly on it. Yeah. And you can't immediately tell somebody how many cars you have. You'll really give those uppity yuppies something to think about. Stay on the bar. Don't go yeah. off the bar with your Bronco. 1980 Volvo horns, what's right? Like, me, me. Yeah, the man's coolant. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought it'd be small. It's for a small car. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's still an automatic transmission. They're never going to be light. It's definitely going to have to crash. Starting off with Brad buying another car. That's the West. <laughs> Internet. You know, is this a Nigerian oil print? Uh, I also wish you drove a tan Camry. Anyways, anyway, that, that's har- a horrible, very horrible podcast content. Very inside joke. Welcome to Auto Off Topic. What's up, Brad? Well, you already know, Andrew, because I am here in Massachusetts with you. Yes, we are in the same room. So therefore... It's weird because I have to make eye contact with you now. That's, I don't we, like it. We haven't done this in a while. Don't like it. Actually, it wasn't that long ago, but we didn't have to make eye contact because we were at my house sitting side by side using one mic. Now we're across from each other. So it's a problem. Yeah. It's a real problem. Well, uh, it's been like, a, I think we skipped a week, so... We skipped a week because I've been busy traveling and whatnot. So time got away from me, unfortunately. Let's see. What did I do last weekend? I think you did detailing stuff on your cars. I did. So I finally had some time to clean up the Q45 because I want to take fresh pictures of it. Yeah. It's for and sale. fresh pictures. Did you ever? Those pictures down by the docks are really rad. Yeah. So I I also want to try out the random orbital buffer thing I got. Okay. Did you get the Ryobi one? Yeah. Yeah. The battery one. It's pretty good, pretty cheap. For trying it the first time, I mean, the car is silver, so it was pretty easy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it worked pretty well. I just used the chemical guy stuff we've been talking about. Didn't use too much stuff, product. Did it like section by section, and the car came out really nice. Yep. With just uh, polish and then that butter wax on it. Yeah. Butter wax smells good, too. Like yeah. It. Yeah. Nice stuff. It actually cleaned up. A couple, there was like a spot on the passenger side where somebody opened their door into it. You know, we get those like scratch, like like white scratch marks. Yeah. yeah, That I couldn't get out. And then the machine got it out. So that was cool. And then there was the back bumper. There was a scuff. Yep. And it lessened it. So it's still there, but it's not as drastic. Excellent. Which is cool. Uh, You know, the car looks, I mean, I haven't seen it other than it's covered in water right now because it's raining out. And I saw it in the dark the other day, but in the pictures, it looked really good. So from like. 10 feet, the car looks really, really good. Yeah. But I, I got to write up the whole ad. I'm going to do it when I come back. Uh, and I'll put it probably maybe in like obscure cars for sale or something. Sure. Because it looks, it definitely presents a little bit better than it is. Not that it's a bad car in pictures. Sure. I just want people to be aware that it is like. Not perfect. Because people assume that because it's 55,000 mile car that it's like perfect. Sure. But it's not. Like somebody. Drove it every day as a normal car. They just didn't go very far. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think it was given because I found stuff in it like high school stuff. And it seems like it was given to like a kid as like a high school car. Okay. And there's like door dings and some scratches. Yeah, just take close ups of all that stuff. I and did. Just be honest, and I'm sure it'll be fine. And it's got a little bubbly rust on one of the quarters, and it's it's a clean car. You're you're, you're making it sound terrible right now. It's really not terrible. Well, I don't want someone to be like upset because it does look really good in those photos yeah uh well that'll draw them in then you show the flaws and they see that it's 
6500 bucks and not 16.5. No, and you can fine. drive so, it and not worry about it. No. Uh, and the interior though is really, like really, really nice. Other than like the leather wheel, somebody probably had rings. Sure, and it's got it's marks scratched. on it. But the seats look really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I used the the chemical guys leather stuff. Super good. Okay. And also smells really good. The inside smells like a leather couch. Like Excellent. A nice leather couch. Yeah, no, it's it's a super nice car inside. And I remember last time I was here, I drove it for a week. When I was here, actually, believe it or not, a year ago. Yeah, I drove it for a week, and uh, it was a great car. I mean, other than being a little bit thirsty because it's a V eight, it's yep. uh, it's a good it's a good car. So, but hey, fuels back down to like three bucks here, so it's fine. So I went uh, super early in the morning down to uh, the financial district in Boston. Okay, and then I always wanted I always saw pic- people doing pictures of Black Falcon Pier, and I was like, how do I get over there? So I like looked at Google Maps and was like, oh yeah, I can drive over there. So where that picture was taken is totally legal spot to be. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's just open. That's weird. It doesn't seem like it would there. be. It seems it's like it would be a closed dock. No. Well, to the right of it is, but like, and if you went to the other side where the ship was being unloaded, yes. But, okay. Uh, that part's just open. There's businesses down there. There was people like fishing. I mean, this is like six in the morning <laughs> on a on Memorial Day. So there's like nobody around. And uh, yeah, that's why I did that weekend. Hey, no, those are really cool pictures because it shows the ship being loaded in the background and like a jet taking off from Logan or landing one the other in the background. And it's just, it's, it almost looks like a picture in Japan. Like, yeah, it's super cool shot. If you haven't seen it, go to Andrew's Instagram page. Well, the boat is, the car is a giant ship. So (laughs) it's, it's, it's fitting. Yeah. I want to take pictures of cars down there now, but unfortunately all my cars are on the West coast. So I guess I can't, but it's cool spot. I like it. So I was like, all right, the Q45 came out really good. Let me try this on the G20. Uh, It did not work as well. Something weird happened. I don't know what it is. My whole plan today was to help you fix that, but Mother Nature's not helping yeah, me with that. And like I was saying, I tried to, when I tried to do it by hand, it, the same. I had the same issue where the the polish wouldn't come off. Yeah, it's after bizarre. rubbing it in, and I and I was wondering if it was the car had a good coat of wax on it. Maybe it was reacting with what was on there. It's a contaminant already on there. Yeah. So I. Yeah, I was gonna try to help help you out with it. I was gonna wash the car first with something to strip the wax off. Uh, you said you had a product for that. I have the chemical guys stuff for that. I'm going to yeah. do that. And then I'll, I'll probably just clay bar it and then try to polish it. I would also clay bar it first with some like really innate, um, none of the ceramic coated sprays, just a no, regular detail the, spray. I have the chemical guys clay bar stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> I went all down the road. Appar- the apparently stuff. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even have that stuff, but it, I was it all works pretty well and it works together well. So I was like, I'll just, yeah. I mean, I used it on that sob, which rest in peace. Uh, but it sat outside and was not touched for like a, I don't know, solid five or six years, maybe even more than that overall. But I didn't have any problems with it. And it brought the stuff back really nicely. So I was surprised and you had a hard time with it. So I was excited to come help fix the car. But maybe we'll have some time tomorrow. Maybe not. We'll have to see what happens. Well, I was surprised because I did the Q45. It came out so nice. Yeah. My Q45 looks good. And and the G20 didn't look too bad before, but no. it just really needs to have a little bit of extra I, shine to make the green pop. I spent so much time so. fixing a lot of stuff on the car that I never actually truly like polished the outside. I just had got it clean. So yeah, but it's it's a nice car. Um, well, fast forward a little bit through the story, I think, because that's my that's been my quote unquote rental car while I've been here this week. I haven't driven it much. I've only gone a couple of days. I used it, but it uh, that's a fun car. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense why it's so fun. 
Well, it does because it's the formula. It's like high revving four cylinder. Yeah. Yeah. It, it pulls really hard for a little four cylinder too. Like I obviously I daily drive a twin cam two liter car, which has an engine that we love inside of it. That 4G63. But the SR20, right? In yeah. that car, it pulls so much harder and it revs so much faster. And it's like, a, like it's a delightful little car to drive. It's, it's everything that was good about the old Mirage that we loved for its little high revving motor and pretty lightweight chassis, but with even more because the Mirage was ultimately an economy car and this is ultimately an infinity. So they, it's, a, uh, it's a nice car. The header actually made a big difference with the, with the high end. It actually, you can feel the power chain, like the power. Yeah, curve hundred percent. The thing pulls really hard. Like I didn't quite go to red line, but up to like, 6,500 or so, or is it, I forget what red line is, 7? It's like 7,500. 7,500, yeah. The thing pulls really hard. It's it's really fun, and it sounds really good. That mm-hmm. uh, exhaust from, uh, what was the name of that company? BRM. BRM. Sounds... Your friend Craig? Greg. Greg. Yeah. That sounds really good, and coupled with the header and everything, like it's... You told me that it was... When you drove my Corolla, it was the same volume level, but it's definitely not. Your car is way more reasonably toned, and it's got a really nice, deep... Like solid tone. I feel it. like it's a little droney on the highway. It's a little bit in the highway, but with the windows up and the ice cold AC going, which it has, yeah. it doesn't bother you at all. It's, um, so. yeah, it's too bad you don't have time to like do a track day with it. It's like really good track day car. Well, when I find one of my own, I'll be able to because I'm falling in love with it. I need not need to not buy more cars than you have, but that's a good car. That's a really good car. It is a good car. That's it, why I ended up keeping it. It kind of makes me. Like every time I see you do a track day in it, I kind of want to have a similar car, but not a G20. And I'm like, what would be a similar car that's not a G20? And my brain looks at other cars that raced at the same time in Japan. Yeah. And like they did the, like the chassis code is AE101 Corollas, which mm-hmm. is the mid early 90s Corollas. Yeah. Because they had little two-liter twin cams in them and they were pretty little handling cars. So I'm like, oh, I built one of those in like a touring car style. Who knows? Especially because it has just lowering springs. Yeah, and, and new struts. new struts. Yeah, it's a nice combo. That's a, which is what my Eclipse has too. It's yeah. I just need to upgrade some bushings in the Eclipse, and, be a and then the nicer. rear bar, and then the caster bushings, and then it's got the upper arms now. So that's why it steers so nice. It steers very nice. The thing goes into turns very nicely. It's very quick, very direct. Yeah, it handles well above its old quote unquote economy car beginnings. Yeah, it's a great car. I'm quite in love with it. So I'm just gonna. Drive it home, actually. I'm not going to fly home. <laughs> Sorry. I'll leave you something here. No, it's a good car. I like it. So anyway, why did you come out here? I don't remember why I come out here. Oh, uh, I didn't come out here for this, but I started my journey east because I went to, for the first time, the Indianapolis 500. I've never been before. I've only ever been to, you know... The only open wheel racing I've seen is drag cars. So it was definitely a different experience. Okay. What do you know about the Indy 500? I know we've talked about the whole milk thing at the end. Sure. It's been around. This was the 100th year? No, 107th. 107? 107 years. So if it was the 100th year, it would be even crazier. Yeah. But it's the largest attended single day sporting event in the world. Yeah. Like there's 300,000 plus attendees to this event for one day. Crazy. It's an am- amazing amount of people. I've been to a lot of NASCAR races. Yeah. One of the things at NASCAR that I learned is you have to sit up higher so you can see the whole track, right? right. Indianapolis has grandstands on both the inside and outside of the track. 
Oh. So no matter where you sit, you can't see the whole track. Huh. Unless you're in like the back stretch corners, like turn three or turn two. Huh. But if you're anywhere from turn one front stretch to turn three, you can only see that section of the track. How long is it? The track? Two, two and a half miles. Two and a half. Yep. It's big. Well, there's 200 so 330,000 seats or something. So yeah. they need to put them somewhere. So a bunch of them are on the inside of the pit lane on the front stretch. And it's not really like an oval. It's like a square with rounded corners. Yeah, it's a, it's a rectangle, basically. Uh, it's a super cool facility. Um, I guess that if you were there a few years ago and went now, you're more impressed. Obviously, I wasn't there a few years ago. But ever since Penske took over, it's become a much more like world class facility with like nice bathrooms and vending areas. And yeah, it was kind of like a, a stadium in Indiana before. Yeah. <laughs> and Penske's kind of turned it around a bit. So it was a really nice facility. The stands really nice. The stands had like backrests in them. It's just the the amount of people. So we let me back up a little bit. I went there with uh, our friend Bradley Brunell. He called me. I don't know, maybe seven eight months ago, and was like, "Hey, I had a ticket to the Indy Five Hundred. Do you want to go?" And it's like, "Yes, I've never been. I want to go." So what was wild to me was. We didn't get a hotel until like the day before. So we figured we'd stay probably, you know, 35, 50 miles outside of where the race is. Got a hotel the night before, three miles from the track. It was 150 bucks a night. We got an Uber that morning to go to the track. And it was $6.15. What? And it had a, a surcharge pricing of 37 cents. So I was like, man, nobody has told Indiana they can fleece tourists yet because this whole thing is ridiculous and we didn't plan very well at all. Yeah, but it still worked out in our favor. So very cool. Uh, the tickets to the race where we sat, I don't know what the pricing structure is elsewhere. Not much more than a normal race. We were right in the front stretch right across from the pits. Uh, we could see a good amount of the pit lane. Um, talking about probably, I think there were 120 Thirty dollars, hundred and fifty dollars tickets, something like that. So not too bad for one of the biggest sporting events in the world, right? That's really cheap. Yeah, the vending area starts outside the Indy Five Hundred. Like there's people just selling stuff up and down the streets. It's it kind of had a feeling of like a Fourth of July parade. Yeah, where people just line the streets with like vendor carts and people are just everywhere. So there were campers in yards and people were camping places and so. What's around the track? Is it like a Nothing. rural area? Nothing. It's so it's a out very, of nowhere. Speedway, Indiana is a very okay. rural kind of depressed okay. community okay. that only has this. Yeah, I wasn't sure so, exactly where it was. On the on our way back from Arizona, we stopped at a hotel at the it was just easy because it was Indianapolis Airport. It was just sure. off the highway. Yeah, uh, I don't know how far like, it is from the airport. Yeah, anything, and but. I was like, I wonder where the track is. And I just Well, it's funny because you're driving down the road that goes into Speedway, Indiana, and it's just normal looking houses like they look like they're probably built sometime in the 40s maybe and they're just normal houses normal houses normal houses and all of a sudden you see a grandstand and all of a sudden this is like giant racetrack facility and then we pass the racetrack and within a block you're back to just houses again weird it doesn't it's just it pops up on you like out of nowhere it's like oh that's the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and then you go past it and it's just normal houses again and obviously people just like up at Loudon people sell parking spots in their front yard yeah it's a whole thing so I guess it's like I always just think of Daytona where it's like literally inside the city. Yeah, no, this is <laughs> it's inside the city of Speedway, but the city of Speedway is 
barely a city. Like it's yeah. a couple of restaurants and it is the speedway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if it was not for the racetrack, there would be not much there. Yeah. So it's an interesting experience for sure. I've never been in an event, obviously, with that amount of people. It was wild. Like we stepped out of the Uber and it was just like we were just in it. There was no way else, no other way to describe it. And the people ranged from like obviously hardcore open wheel IndyCar fans to just I feel like if you live in the area, it's just you just go to the race. Yeah. They probably have special deals for residents. And I mean, the race is still blacked out on local television, which is something that's wild to me in 2023. So they want people to go to the race, not watch it on TV. Weird. So they still black it out on TV. There's a streaming blackout. Nobody can stream it. Doesn't matter what app. If you have the IndyCar app and you pay for it and you can stream every race all year, you can't stream the Indy 500. If you're within that area. Period. You can't stream it anywhere. I'm 90% sure you can't stream it anywhere. So there's like a streaming ban. But yeah, you definitely can't watch it in that area for sure. So it's definitely a an experience. It's definitely like that town's only means of real income. It's definitely strange compared to other events I've been to. But the, it sounds the, the, like a Kentucky Derby or something. And it is like that because the people are, like I said, these super rich people and super poor people all just mixed together. Like a guy literally wearing like overalls, like jean overalls with no shirt and a cowboy hat, chewing on straw. And a guy next to him in like a three piece Armani suit. Weird. And everybody's just interacting together. And the whole town, it becomes, I likened it to a 4th of July parade, but, but almost like a combination of that and like a Mardi Gras. Like, I don't know if it's uh, legal to have booze on the street there during a normal day. Probably not. But everybody's just walking around, open containers. People, the locals use it as an excuse to go drinking for sure. Yeah. So I also learned of another interesting part of it. There's a whole section of spectators that are not there for the race. Okay. Have you heard of the snake pit? I think so, but I don't. I had never heard of the snake pit. So it's in the infield of the race. Okay. You buy a ticket to the race. Yeah. To go to the snake pit. Right. It's a giant all day EDM festival. What? In the middle of the racetrack. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a giant rave in the middle of the racetrack. And the people that all go there look like they go into a rave, like ridiculous rave outfits. Wow. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. In the middle of the racetrack. Because you just blast music during the race and nobody can hear it? Nobody can hear it. I'm sure they can hear it in there. But it's supposedly a wild time with like the typical rave <laughs> things. Like it's just a bunch of young adults doing illicit pills while listening to electronic music in the middle of a racetrack while a race is going on. That's weird. It's very weird. I don't even get the culture behind it. I guess it happened. It started in the 80s huh. and it went all through the 80s and they stopped it in the late 90s. And then it came back again like 10 years ago or 15 years ago or something. Weird. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you go to Sebring, like we'll have to go to Sebring. Like, like sure. Like turn 10 at Sebring turn is like yeah. ridiculous. It's a big like, party, but they're there to yeah. watch the race. Yeah. Even though they had a party. These people can't even see the race because they're in the infield of the track during the event. <laughs> so you can't see anything. There's no one side behind you is the inside stadium because the infield's giant. Like I like the infographic. It's like other stadiums, like football stadiums, like fit inside of the infield. Yeah. They were saying that every big 10 football stadium would fit in the infield of the Indy 100 together. So weird. Yeah. That's how big this place is. It's so big. So, I mean, what, what else about it was wild. There were so many things. Oh, another Did you thing. Did walk the track at all first? No, 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 unfortunately not. The other thing that was wild to me is 
you know, I'm used to not being able to bring outside food and beverages to races. Yeah. The only rule was no glass. Huh. And nobody checked anything. So you could have brought anything you wanted. Like people were bringing in like the huge Yeti coolers, like carrying the team, carrying them in. Huh? No rules, just no glass. That's the only rule. So like, I didn't bring like my, my, you know, like, my hydro flask water bottle because <laughs> of the PTSD, PTSD from JCCS last year. But I, I could have, it wouldn't have been an issue at all. So it was just absolutely wild how much Weird. different it is. And I don't know if that's maybe IndyCar in general, or is it just that particular track? Probably just that particular track. Cause it probably located. is. That's so. like, there's like certain tracks that are just like that. Oh, I did have to laugh because it was no glass was the rule. But at all of the vendor, like the official Indianapolis Motor Speedway, like vendor tents, you could buy glass mugs and coffee cups and glass yeah, and pint glasses. And I don't know, maybe, maybe there's people just good about it and it doesn't, it's not a problem. I guess. I, I didn't see anybody with glass. I saw everybody had their aluminum and plastic bottles. So it was, hmm. it was quite a, it was quite a, quite a spectacle. Uh, I'd love to go back. You should come next year. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to try it. I, yeah, I, I like I've never been to Daytona 500. I've never done a. I've been to Daytona 500 a couple of times, and this does not even compare. Daytona 500 just feels like a normal NASCAR. I was actually race. thinking, do they still do the Brickyard 400? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I don't even know how to explain why, but the Indy 500 is almost emotional. Yeah, like the car started going, and like tears welled up in my eyes a little bit because I was there seeing it in person. Yeah. I don't know why I don't, I can't explain how that happened or why that happened. It was just an absolute amazing experience. Well, so cool. I mean, that's why I said the same thing when I went to the Rolex 24, you're like, because it's, they've been doing the race for so long. Sure. There's so much history behind it. Mm-hmm. Same, same with India, same with India. There's like a ton of history. Yep. And that's why Penske bought the facility because oh, Penske's 100%. won so many times there. Yeah. Again this year yeah. with uh, Joseph Newgarden. Yeah. Speaking of history, unfortunately we missed, but apparently they do laps with historic cars before the event starts. Huh. But unfortunately we missed that, I guess. It was too early in the morning. What was the pace car this year? Corvette, uh, driven by Tyrese. Okay. Um, it was neat, but it's a pace car, I guess. It seems like it's always a Corvette now. Yeah. Does it do anything interesting in a while? There aren't any other interesting cars out there anymore. It's like they're not going to use a pickup truck or an SUV. Yeah. So, I mean, other than a... What else is there? A Mustang? Like, there's nothing else. So, it's just a Corvette. They tried to use a foreign car once, one time ever, and, you know, everybody revolted, and they pulled it out last minute. So. They'll probably use, like, a GMC electric truck at some point. Yeah, more than likely. Well, GMC, or no, Chevrolet is the official vehicle in general, so they're all Silverados that did, like, all the parade lap stuff. But, yeah, um, speaking of history, the next day we went to the infield of the racetrack has the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum. Yeah. And they have tons of race winners in there, including the original 1911 Marmon Wasp, which I, I just to see that in person is huh. amazing. Like that's the car that won the first Indy 500 and it's been replicated in scale and you see paintings of it, see pictures of it, just never obviously seen it in person. And it's like, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling to see it in person. Did you, know. you see the the wreck with the tire that went flying? Uh, we didn't see the tire go flying from where we were sitting. We saw the wreck happening. Um, and then because of the nature of the track, they have giant screens on both sides. Yeah. So you can see the replays and whatnot. So we saw on the replay the tire go flying. 
and nobody mentioned anything about it. And I was like, that was like a tire that went flying, but it went out into the somehow made it over the stands, which is incredible. It did not lucky. make it over the stands. I didn't. Okay. It uh, it it happened to shoot a gap in between two grandstands. Okay. That's what happened. So if it had been a few feet prior to that, it would have been in the stands and it would have been a very bad day. Yeah. So I looked into when the last time a tire went into the stands was, and it was 1998 at a car race. I remember that. And three people were killed in the stands. Yeah. So and since then, they've had tethers on the wheels. Yeah. To keep them from flying off the car into the stands. And I think in a couple of places, they... Or am I thinking of baseball stadiums where they extended out the nets? I thought they had. There's netting. no, there's no netting, but the the fences, the catch fence goes up and curls over the track. Yeah. So the car wouldn't be able to fly up and over the track. They yeah. keep it inside, but yeah. it just the right trajectory and the right geometry and anything can happen. Yeah. So, um, they said they do have tethers on the wheels, so this does not happen very often, but at the right impact. It was you, like, what was it tethered to? I if, think if I you think break it, what it was tethered to, then you're all done. I think it went with the piece it was tethered to. <laughs> so I think what happened is I think the center of the wheel actually shattered. Yeah. And the center of the wheel is where the tether is. Yeah. So the center of the wheel is probably still attached to the car. Yeah. And the, you know, broken spokes and rim and tire are what yeah. went flying and smashed a Chevy cruise in the parking lot. Yeah. So, which did you see what happened with that lady actually? Yeah. You have to go out and kiss the bricks. Yeah. She's like, absolutely. I'll do that. So I'm sure the car is totaled. And I'm sure, I'm sure Mr. Penske will give her a nice new Chevy to replace her Chevy that uh, they said she was getting a new one. Did they give her a new one? Yeah. They gave her a new car. Good. So it's an upgrade from her no longer available cruise. I'm sure. So, so what, what could have been a very bad thing turned into a good thing. Which is named Marshmallow. She said. Her name, car was named Marshmallow? Yeah, which I thought is Naomi's. Naomi calls the white Hyundai Marshmallow. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. Oh. Un- unfortunately, we didn't get a free car for our Marshmallow, <laughs> but that's cool. It was it was a it was a hell of an experience, Andrew. And I uh, I highly recommend if you get a chance to go to go. I know that next year we already talked about going and we talked about including you. So yeah. we'll uh, try to make that happen. Well, if you go in our, we'll plug our Discord. Uh, I made a new channel called Casual Motorsports Enjoyers. Yes, it was the NASCAR channel, but it was just you and me talking about NASCAR. So, <laughs> coming up, the Imps is going to Lime Rock. I bought tickets. Some other people might go. Just go if you if you're local and you want to go. Just go buy tickets, and we'll meet you there. That's yep. Yep. <laughs> that's the easiest way to do these things. Like if we're gonna go, we'll tell you we're gonna go to an event, and people can just. Find their way there. That <laughs> particular event is a good event because Lime Rock is a very fan friendly track. It's a very family friendly track, yeah. too. There's yeah. no stands, yeah. actually. Yep. You, you kind of sit what you want. You walk, walk around if you, you want. The grid walk is free. Yep. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's neat. Uh, so, it, yeah. I won't be here anymore then, unfortunately. But then, um, yeah, I'd like to do that. There's a couple other races I'd like to try to get to. We'll see. And I can say that I drove a car to and from the event. I flew to our friend Brad uh, Bradley's house in Ohio and drove his high 600 horsepower 996 turbo to and from the racetrack, which was. Yeah, because I feel like it's like eight hours to. No, it's five hours. Five hours? Yeah. It's five hour drive. Took a little longer than that just with stops and stuff, but it's five hours of driving time. I think we did. Yeah, because on the way home from Arizona, we did like Indianapolis to Buffalo. It was like eight hours. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, I definitely fell in love with some high horsepower cars this week being here. So that was 
That drove, was fun. Drove an actually fast car. Drove an actually fast car. A car that has seven times the power of most of my cars. Yeah. So it was definitely fun. And still got 33 miles a gallon. Like, yeah, it's a 996 turbo converted to rear-wheel drive with upgrade turbos, intercoolers, injectors, and you know, software tune. And that's apparently what it takes to make 650, 700 horsepower out of one of those cars. Yeah. And, and those, it's rear-wheel drive converted. I think because those are the Metzger engine or something. They are. Yeah. yeah they're pretty just like the good one. Yep. After you do the IMS, maybe. So there's no IMS. There's no IMS. That's what, nope. that's, uh, that's what people love about them. Then. Yeah, the motor dates back to the 70s. Yeah. It was designed by the engineer named Metzger, his last name was, yeah. to be, I think it was the base of the 935. Yeah. So one of the one of those like serious high horsepower race car, high, high boost, high horsepower race okay. cars. I miss, yeah, his car makes two and a half bar of boost, which is what, 20, 15, So one 30s, bar is 14. So 40 pounds. Yeah. About 40 pounds or just under no. 40 pounds. One bar is 14. So two bar is 28. Yeah. Plus half of that is seven. So oh, just right. shy of 40 pounds. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is an immense amount of boost. Yeah. So it makes the car really fast. But yeah, it was cool. You said 40, but I was like behind. I was like, no, it's 28. And then. <laughs> yeah. Plus seven. So <laughs> yeah. it's 35. Yeah. I just rounded up, I guess. But yeah. So mid mid thirties in, in the boost levels and. And the car is cool. I'm I'm quite into it. I uh, I tried to buy it from him, but uh, he wasn't he wasn't selling for my price because my price is you not. Trade the nine forty four back. I told him I would. Yeah, it's not uh, plus cash. <laughs> yeah, well, there was a big plus cash. Also, this car is not for sale, so there wasn't any price I could probably hit him with that I could afford that would have made it happen. So, unfortunately, I will not have a nine nine six turbo anytime soon. It did create a discussion of what's the best way to get that kind of horsepower. Or that kind of feeling in a car, yeah. For a budget, which I could afford, uh, turns out you can't. So, uh, I mean, it no, my budget is way too low. There's no way to do it. You won't have that much power, but a turbo Mitsu will give you. We were talking something that wasn't so manic that you couldn't just use it. Like we got in this car and drove it five hours, and it drove. If we wanted it to, it drove like a normal car. Like out of boost, it, we got 33 yeah. miles a gallon. And just cruise on the highway like it was nothing. Yeah, it would have to be like a modern turbo Audi. Probably something like that. And then it goes outside of my price range. Yeah. So, But then I'm here in Massachusetts and I drove our friend Joe has that Camaro you went to the track day with. Yeah. So I drove that. Oh, I didn't talk about. Yeah, I can talk about that after it's my track day. Yeah. So I, I drove that and that is what, 400 horsepower? It's still pretty quick. Yeah, he'll correct us. <laughs> It's still, it's still, <laughs> it's not the supercharge line. I know that. Which no, is like it's 600. It's, it's, like, a, it's so, a, so yeah, I think you're right. Cause it's, he said it's like 200 horsepower difference. Yeah. It's, but the it's, chassis, everything, suspension, it's all the same. It's a one LE package, which is the handling package. The only difference is the supercharger. Right. And he's got springs on it now and sticky tires and some other parts. And, and he's like, it doesn't like Corsa exhaust. It sounds amazing. Yeah. He was with the track day. He was chasing a guy that had the supercharged one, Yeah, but they were within the same lap time. Like sure. it doesn't matter. Yep. It's not it's that some, much. Some driver skill differences probably, but it wasn't, it wasn't worth, the extra you money. can't use the extra two that like at that point, the extra 200 horsepower, it doesn't matter because the tracks aren't long enough here. Correct. You're not and, going down the most saying. And that's straight. what we were saying. <laughs> uh, street driving. It was, if you had another 200 horsepower, you couldn't drive it as hard in the street either because you would be breaking dir- the tires dir- and directly to jail. Yeah. Because you'd be doing a hundred in a school zone, but I'm thinking about it. So it was definitely a experience going back to back from the Porsche of that car. Yeah. So I, uh, I've, I've had some fun driving some 
out of character cars for me over the past few days since I've been here, which is which has been nice. A little bit of a non crappy Mitsubishi talk for our listeners because I got plenty of crappy Mitsubishi talk to go over too. Yeah, so I did uh, two weeks ago. I did the track day at Palmer. Speaking of track days, okay, uh, with mass tuning. Um, unfortunately, it rained, so I only did like three sessions because it was getting really slick. Sure, tires are kind of thin, so I was like, you know what? It's not worth putting the car on the wall. No. And they literally in the, the the meeting they're like, yeah, our track days are. We have seven sessions. Like if it rains, like just don't do them. Like, do it at or your pace or a different one yep. or like it doesn't matter because it was it was such a cheap day anyways. It was like two hundred bucks. Nice. It's like what? It's not worth wrecking the car for two hundred dollars. Like yeah, and to not win anything because you're just doing a track day. Yeah, so. but Palmer is interesting. Uh, I hadn't raced there yet or done a track day. High performance driver education event. It's funny because mass tuning couldn't put together a car show that was reasonable because it always wound up being a disaster because of people, but they did a good job with the track track day. Because all the serious people show up and you have to yeah. pay money for it. Yeah. Uh, and then people don't want it to get ruined. So there's people that take it seriously. Sure. Uh, Palmer has a lot of elevation change. Apparently the highest, like the steepest elevation of any track in the United States. Which is crazy. So it's, you basically go up a mountain and down the mountain. Okay. So I would liken it to uh, it's a circular hill climb. Okay. You're literally just doing laps of a hill climb. That's cool. Uh, and descent. Yeah. So it's, and it's got like decreasing range. It's a very hard track. Like it's, I started to learn it, but it was also very slip, slippery. Um, it's definitely like was made to be for like track days, like for guys to like be more challenging. Sure. Track days. Wasn't it kind of like a, almost like a club track when they made it? Yeah, it's a private track. There's yeah. no stands. There's no spectating. Right. It's, it's literally like four track day, track days. Like yep. just because everything else is kind of easy compared to it. Like climb rocks, Too, like very easy to go fast. Very open. Uh, yeah, this one's tight and narrow and uphill and downhill. And like the G20 was definitely struggling for me to keep momentum uphill. Do uphill. Because I didn't have a yeah. grip to go into the corners because it was wet. And you could see like the Miatas that are really fast have aero and very sticky tires. Okay. And they can keep that momentum going uphill. Or on the flip side of that, you've got high horsepower cars with also arrow. <laughs> right. So. So you're um, a little bit outclassed. Uh, it was, it's tricky. Like I bet if I had fresh tires and it was dry, I could probably figure out how to keep momentum uphill a little easier. But yeah, this is my, this is my friend Zora that joins me during the podcast. So when you hear me sometimes being distracted. Yes. On the other line, yeah. She's uh, looking for, for pets here for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a cool track. I will definitely think about going back. Um, they're going to do one at Club Motorsport, which is in Ossipee. So it's Tamworth. Tamworth, actually. Yeah. I'm going to go check that one out because I've never been there. People say that's really cool. I'll do that in August. Excellent. Because I got Nürburgring coming up next week. So yep. I'm not doing any events in June or July here. Because I spent all my money to go to the Nürburgring. I mean, it's a pretty good... Uh, pretty good... <laughs> alternative yeah i can't wait to hear about that actually we'll probably be have a couple of weeks of no episodes again yes but that's fine life goes on sorry everybody so very cool uh let's see project car stuff i haven't done anything except i clean the cars up well part of the reason i'm here is i was already in indianapolis and i was like well how much does it cost to get to indianapolis to boston on a flight because it's only a short little two-hour flight so 
Turns out it costs nothing with points. So like $6 in taxes or whatever to get here. There you go. So I came. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to work on the yellow Colt some more. The 74 Colt. So I did. Still yeah. broken. Last time we talked about it, I had redone the carburetor. Rebuilt the carburetor. We had drained the tank, all the, all the old fuel, put fresh fuel in it. Uh, it turns out that the fresh fuel loosened up a bunch of gunk in the tank, clogged the re- recently cleaned carburetor, and the car wouldn't run. So I came back this time, pulled the carburetor off, took all the gunk out of it, cleaned everything up, put it all back together, ran it with fuel out of a fuel jug, not from the tank, because the mm-hmm. tank's still dirty. And the fuel level float inside the carburetor wouldn't shut the fuel off, so it just started pouring fuel down the throat of the car. So I took the carburetor off again, reassembled that whole section, readjusted the float, made that work, put it all together, started the car, car ran, but car will not accelerate. So the accelerator pump is bad. Took the accelerator pump apart, went to fix that, nothing. So car is still dead. I think I'm giving up on that carburetor and I'm just going to buy a brand new lever for it. It's the right thing to do. Sounds good to me. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. So that's my project update. So unfortunately, I'll be leaving uh, this trip without the Colt running again. So like I said, new Weber will be on the way and hopefully that does enough. We'll get the tank professionally cleaned and it'll be drivable, Lockwood. I mean, it's kind of drivable, just not as long as you don't want to accelerate, which it's a Colt. So how fast can it be anyway? Yeah, so, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, another Colt news. The third Colt is now gone. Okay. I'm down to two Colts. All right. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that yet or not, but that's where I'm at. Colt man. Colt man is Coltless. Not Coltless, but less Colts. Yeah, so the 79 Coupe I talked about here before, it was affectionately known as Kelly because of its previous owner that had it for so long. Mm-hmm. That is unfortunately deceased. Uh, went on to a friend of the podcast, and we'll see what its next life becomes. But he came and picked the car up yesterday. I also gave him a manual transmission and drive shaft along with it. Oh, yeah. So hopefully he'll be able to swap that in. And the car has no starter in it. He's aware. He's aware. So I have a spare starter for it that I'm going to mail him when I get back to back to Phoenix. So it is what it is. It's uh, it's I, I can't keep all of them. Right. So sometimes no. sometimes you got to get rid of them. And it started me thinking about some of the others too, some other projects that are forlorn or bigger projects that I have time for right now. And, you know, we're concentrating on that Mustang. Maybe it's time to really move some of these other things along and make space, make space and make less stress. uh, If eventually you want to build a building there, it's going to be easier when less cars in the way. I can find a place for them temporarily. And I also know me, if I get rid of cars, it just means more cars will come. So it's, I, I can say all these things and have all these plans, but at the end of the day, I'm still the same idiot. So I don't know what the future may hold or, or not in that case, but regardless, I'm down one more cult. So down to a more reasonable level of cars. It's not true, but it's more reasonable because it's less, right? It's not a thousand. I do, sir, I, sir, I do not have a thousand cars. 
Sir, I don't even have 15 cars anymore. I wonder, pretty good. Yeah, I'm getting down there. Getting down there. So we'll see what happens. I have a hard time letting go of some things, as you know. And I have two cars or three cars, four cars that I don't ever want to get rid of. Yeah. So it's like ultimately I can't ever get rid of them. Or maybe I will someday. I'll change my mind. But right now is not that time. So I'm, I'm happy where the car went. I hope they do right by it. But if not, if I hadn't saved it originally, it'd be gone anyway. So yeah, here it is. So we'll see what happens next. It's a fairly solid car. It's got some rust spots on the sheet metal externally, but undercarriage is nice. All the suspension mounting points are perfect. So all the important stuff is, is good. So hopefully it'll, they have some plans. So we'll see where it goes from here. Hmm. So but yeah, that's the, that's been the gist of it. Unfortunately, I don't have a huge, I wanted to have like a huge update on the Colt and talk about how it was running and I got the brakes done and did all the other stuff, but I was fighting with my carburetor all week and here we are. Nothing, nothing good. So I go home defeated again. The past three trips here, I've been working on that car. And I mean, hey, we went from a seized engine to a running engine. So yeah, that was the biggest thing. Yeah, at least it runs. It does run. I had it running again on that fuel. It just couldn't accelerate. I could only keep it at idle. Just couldn't give it that. There's a little emulsion tube you can see in the throat of the carb that when you push on the gas pedal, it should put the accelerator pump lever in. And it's a little rubber diaphragm that pushes fuel out of that little emulsion tube into the body of the carburetor. And you can watch it work when you're spraying things through it so you know it's clean and open. But it's a brand new diaphragm inside of it and it just won't pump. So hmm. they don't. Maybe the spring is too weak. Maybe the diaphragm's the wrong size. I don't know. But something's not right and it's not pumping. So car used to sound like it had a vacuum leak before. So it's tough to tell if it has vacuum leak or not. We did a compression test too, just to make sure. Because the basic thing is, I don't want to buy a brand new Weber and manifold for it. Won't it go on other stuff you have? No. It won't? The Weber itself will, but the manifold won't. So you can sell the manifold on some other... Dumb Mitsubishi guy. There's only one other Colt man. There's um, other Colt men. No. Uh, same two liters in the Mighty Max pickups, so... The I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want to buy it if it needs a motor because it needs a motor I'd put a different motor in it I wouldn't be going through all this for this carbureted two liter I have that a two six Starion motor I'd just drop it in if that was the case so I don't want to do that either I want to run it with the two liter but so we did a compression test and bearing in mind that the car has been sitting since 1995 yeah. And I've only had it running a little bit and the motor was seized when I first got it and we didn't take it apart. We only pulled the head off and freed the motor up. So who knows what the ring situation is. They might need to work themselves a little bit still too. Because it was uh, the numbers in the compression test were 160. Yeah. 100, 100, 160. Oh, okay. So the two middle ones are 100, which isn't like junk. But it's not 160 either. Yeah. So that could just be rings are not perfectly set because it's been sitting for so long and it was flash rusted before and it might help itself out once it's running for a while. But it's not so bad that I'm not going to drive it either. Like it's not smoking or anything. And the car only has a legitimate 10,000 miles on it. So it's more from just sitting than anything else. So 
Huh. Assumedly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's so many unknowns. And I was hoping that this carburetor issue would be fixed and I could just drive the car and figure out all the other unknowns. But I can't. So I'm going away defeated again, Andrew. And I don't like it. It makes me upset. All right. But that means that I have that the NSU and the Camaro still here to get to Phoenix eventually. But trying to get one at a time. And I'm just frustrated because it's hard to get a big project going when you're only here for a few days at a time. Like I I only had three days of working time to work on it this time. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I'll get there. But right now it's tough. Yeah. So I don't want to. I don't want I don't want to give up and ship it non-running because it costs more. It's a pain in the butt and I just don't want to do it. I want to make it run first. I wanted to make it run and I wanted to use it here in New England a little bit before I shipped it out there. Right. So we'll see. I had this wild plan to drive it up to like Canada and back. Okay. So and then ship it out west and have it out there. I just want to use it out here. Take pictures of it out here. Have some New England life living with it out here. Yeah. Just because that was the plan with the car when I first got it back in 2013. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all know there were some dark years in my life where nothing got worked on or finished. So the car, I, I got took delivery of the car and it basically went into deep storage almost immediately. So it was sitting in that old garage I used to rent for ever up in Haverhill, Massachusetts. Yeah. So it's now... It's come a long way in the past two, year and a half. It does. Considering I'm only here for a few days at a time. So it's not perfect, but it's coming somewhere. So, and I get to wash it and touch it and play with it a little bit each time it's here. So it makes me feel a little better about it. Mm-hmm. But the plan is to get it running and, like I said, use it here and do some exploring with it here and then ship it back west. But nothing I can do about it now. West Coast projects, I didn't touch much. Uh, I've been way too busy at work. So that's been a thing. Like way too busy at work. So I haven't even been home to work on things at home. So yeah. It's it's a big downer. So anyway, any other projects you've done? No, I don't have much. And I didn't want to start anything overly complicated because I knew I was going away for a few weeks. Sure. So I don't want to leave anything like open. Sure. So other than like just cleaning stuff, because that's pretty easy. Yep. We thought until we tried cleaning the G20. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> fine. I'll, I'll, it's, you know, I'm going to throw the cover back on it. Yep. And then I'll buff we'll it out when I get it. home. Yeah, we'll get to it and get to it. It's not, I'm at a good place with a lot of the cars because they don't need anything. Sure. <laughs> and honestly, I, I can't complain because I'm at a good place with most of my stuff better than I've ever been. It's the hardest thing is that I'm cleaning them right now. Yeah. My stuff needs more than cleaning, but at least a good majority of my cars run. Yeah. So I uh, I don't think I talked about the Cressida ignition issue much. I got some parts, but I haven't put them on yet, so I can't really talk about that. So yeah. That'll hopefully be... Hopefully you're gone for a couple of weeks, and uh, I'll have some progress. Oh, when you come uh, back. our old high school had a car show. Oh, which is wild. Because that's not they, they never they never did there. that before ever. They've always had an auto school. Yep. In the back. Yep. But for whatever reason, I don't know. They never thought to do a car show. Sure. But they have got this like wicked wrench club, which I think is kind of new. Which is like sure. the like extracurricular for the vocational kids. Okay. So they're like building like they'd build like an electric tricycle or something. Okay. And they're like competing in some competition or whatever. With that. Okay, that's cool. So like this like 
was to like raise money for them to do that stuff. So I was like, all right, that sounds cool. And yeah. I was like, well, you know what? It's a half mile from your parents' house. So yeah, it's 10 minutes from my house. So I was like, well, if I'm going to go there, I have to bring the car I went to high school, in. which is wild. <laughs> I'm sure nobody else, there, nobody else there was there with their high school card. Which uh, your your dad was there. He's like, oh, I should have brought my Camaro. It's like, yeah, yeah, but he didn't have his Camaro. He didn't have his Camaro in high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he told me. That's true. He did. <laughs> He's like, oh, I should have. But yeah. when he went to high school, it was in different buildings. So it wasn't the yeah. same. Yeah. So it, no, I think he went there. No, it was still. He was the last graduating the, class the old building. from the old building, which is now the middle school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very. Uh, if you're in Salem. Inside baseball very, Salem. Very local mystery. Salem. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, they invited uh, YouTuber. Richard Bills, who lives like across the street from the high school, mm-hmm. uh, to bring his all his stuff over. He brought that. Uh, what the hell is that thing called? It's not a Sherp. It it's is like a Sherp. A, is it an actual Sherp? Yep. I thought it was a, a generic Sherp. Nope, it's an actual it's, Sherp. It's an actual okay. Sherp. So a Sherp. That's what it was. The Sherp. Yeah. Did he drive through the woods to get there? No, it's just no plates on it. Just drives it around. That's oh, totally not legal. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's fine. Nobody cares. No. Uh, he drove that thing over couple of his other cars uh but there's a lot of cool stuff there it was like surprising it was kind of cool yeah i saw pictures of it and actually i saw the even the flyer they made had like a cool like ed roth style hot rod you know drawn on it that some of the students did and they made the whole flyer by hand i was like man just the flyer alone is the coolest thing that salem high has ever done like i was was a little bit jealous that i wasn't around that weekend to go to that because it would have been cool to go and do something cool that my high school would have done and my high school did nothing cool back when we were there yeah, so that was cool. Um, that's about it. I I think we're all caught up. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done anything else. Nothing else to talk about. No other car stuff. I didn't even watch the NASCAR race to even talk about NASCAR. I watched it and you didn't. But no, I, I didn't because it was rained out and they re-ran it on Monday night. Which, and So we go back to that really quick. Like a lot of drivers, there's a couple drivers. I don't, did anybody try to do the double? I think one did. Not I, this year. No, not this year. No. Nobody nobody did the double. Nope. The Indy 500 and Coca-Cola 600. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Jerkface Larson is doing it next year. Right. So he was taught. They interviewed him during the Indy 500 about doing it next year. Yeah. But there was no action. They were talking about how Tony Stewart did it like a couple years in a row. Yep. Because he was commentating. Yep. Um, so it's quite a commitment. It is. He was talking. He's like, you run the race. Then you get on the plane. They put an IV in you. I bet. <laughs> Try to get some sleep. And then you like, because it's not that far via private plane sure you know, nothing nothing's that far via private plane <laughs> uh you like basically finish the race because i think they were talking about like the year he did it he was like maybe sixth at indy and like third in the day in the race at the end so of the it was race. like peak tony stewart yeah. career so that's pretty good yeah that's yeah, pretty cool yeah no i didn't watch the race so i didn't get to hear any of that story or commentating um i know it was kind of a wild race from the highlights i have seen yeah i know that a uh, big NASCAR important news. Chase Elliott is suspended for this weekend. Yeah. Because of his move that he put on. Who was it? Denny Hamlin. Yeah. I think it was Denny Hamlin. And you know, after the race, they're talking to him and he's like, I don't know. I hit the wall. And once he hit the wall, you can't really control these things. And they showed the replay and it was like, it looks like he turned into Denny Hamlin on purpose. And then Denny Hamlin like dug into it and found the. Really, you can get the, all the telemetry. the telemetry from the car. <laughs> it shows the and wheel. It shows the wheel take a hard left right when like he's... like a normal turn. Like his like correction is like thirty degrees. Yeah, and then he does like hundred and ten. Yeah, hundred and ten degrees <laughs> into the side of Denny Hamlin, and then it goes back to thirty <laughs> degrees, and it's fine. So they pretty much proved they did it on purpose. And despite him being NASCAR's most popular driver, 
they did suspend him because they suspended other drivers this year for the same kind of, you know, quarter panel dump move because it's dangerous. I mean, that's that puts the car directly into the wall and the kind of accident that killed Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. So, I mean, they have the Hans device and stuff now, but still, you don't want to. It was a hard hit, though, in the nose. Yeah. You don't want to endanger a driver just because you're mad at him. And it's I think it's important for NASCAR to be like, yes, you can't do this. Like we we'll let you race, we'll let you bump, we'll let you, you know, bump drafts are fine. But if you're purposely dumping somebody into a wall, that's that's against the rules. So I don't think Chase is going to win the championship this year. He's, uh, <laughs> he's missed so many races between his broken leg and that. Although I guess the way the series is set up, you still could, because if he wins one race, he gets in the playoffs, right? Yeah, it's like a wild card. Yeah. So all you do is win a all you have to do is win a race to get in. Yeah. So he could very well win a race and still get in the playoffs. So weird. But anyway, they're talking about how ratings will suffer because Chase Elliott is the most popular driver and ratings went down when he was out with his injury. So that's wild to me too. I didn't know anybody wouldn't watch because he wasn't in it. So I actually don't even know where they're running this weekend. Um Kentucky, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The race is tomorrow, obviously. Yep. I'm not I'm not sure where it is. I can look it up while we're chatting about it. Uh, yeah, I I don't think it's because I think they're I think they go to the Glen till August. Trying to think. Um, let's see. Cup series. I was thinking about going to New Hampshire, because I'll be around that weekend. Yeah, you should go. It's the I was looking it up. It's like it's the crayon three oh one. I don't even know what crayon, what crayon, like not like Corolla, like not Corolla. St. Louis is this weekend. It looks like. Okay. Cause I think they're doing St. Louis and then they're going to, what are they doing in Chicago? Middle of summer, September, July? July. Yeah. All right. Yeah. St. Louis is right now. This right. Weekend. World, worldwide technology raceway. Sure. I knew it was some weird. So it's one of the new ones. It's one of the new St. Louis. But anyway, they were at Charlotte last week. That's a cool track. Yep. Yeah, it was a terrible weather event. Yeah. Unfortunately. That's... It's the Coca Cola six hundred because they wanted to be bigger than the Daytona uh, five hundred. Indy five hundred. Oh, Indy five hundred. Okay. Yeah. So but Yeah, that checks out. NASCAR trying to be anyway. one upping. But it's always the same day. That's why drivers can do that double the double race event. Yeah. Right afterwards. So the the Indy five hundred is usually sometime around twelve or one in the afternoon. And then that Coca Cola is usually night, on purpose. Yeah, at night, six or seven o'clock, it starts usually. Yeah. So. But anyway, um, yeah, I think that's an episode, man. I think so too. All right. Uh, we haven't posted a while on Parks on the Block. We get back to it. So we, can we need to have a conversation about Parks on the Block. And I was talking to Bradley about that. We got to, something's got to happen. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Anyway, um, you can still go over there, parksontheblock.com, and sign up. You can follow us on Twitter there, Parked on the Block without the K, Instagram, Parked on the Block. Our podcast is Auto Off Topic Podcast on Facebook, Auto Off Topic on Instagram. Of course, you can get this podcast if you're listening to it anywhere podcasts are found. Hey, don't advertise what we're already doing. We're already here. Yeah. Uh, I am on Instagram, Erased in Anger, and still on Twitter, but I don't know for how long. It's kind of getting crummy. And uh, yeah. And yeah. you can find me on Instagram at TSISS350. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Plus all the other stuff you already said. All right, cool. Oh, the Scale Autocast, too. Oh, Scale Autocast on Instagram. Yes. For sure. Which I have not also not posted there in a long time. 
I'll get back to that. Yep. I have stuff stacked up. I just have a new phone. I got to transfer things over. All right, cool. So, as always, keep cards analog and aim for the roses.